0: Well, hello, everybody. This is Emily with X and Y on the fly. We haven't been producing a lot of these episodes here lately due to the bundle of joy that we've had in our life. He's kept us up night and day and kept us pretty busy. But Scott and I would really love to give you a bonus like we discussed on our last podcast. The way you get this bonus episode is by going to www.deservewhatyouwant.com and signing up for our newsletter. What is it about? Well, it's about everything that happened during her home birth, including, ironically, some dating and relationship tips that we got out of it. Talking about dating tips, it's time for the show. Enjoy.
1: the mysterious, mist-enshrouded, mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Scott McKay.
0: And I'm Emily McKay.
1: And you are tuned in to yet another episode of X and Y on the Fly. This is episode number 35.
0: Is it now? Isn't that 30-something?
1: Yeah, we're deep into our mid-30s here, huh?
0: I guess I can't claim 29. Again. That's
1: right. For the sixth time. (laughs) You know, if this was online dating, we'd be like having to lie about our age for the next six or seven years. Right. Because everybody tops out at 35. Right. Yeah, 18-year-old women want a guy 18 to 35. 32-year-old women want a guy 30 to 35. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 35, I'm telling you.
0: The magic number.
1: Yeah, that's not really true, by the way, guys. You know, tell the truth and there you are. But anyway, what we're talking about is getting over someone you've been in love with, falling out of love.
0: Yes, when a relationship is over and then you're left to have to pick up the pieces, where do you go from there when you're so in love and hurt?
1: Well, you know what I think a great place to start is? With yourself? Well, I mean, it's always a great place to start with yourself. I mean, you've got to get out of your own head before you can get into someone else's, right? But you know what? On that level, I think the best place to start is falling out of love when there was never a relationship. You know what I'm talking about? Not really. Well, there's an old comedian, and uh, he said, yeah, back when I was in high school, I dated Betsy Sue Johnson for three years, and she never even knew I existed.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Commonly called one-itis in the POA world. Right. Now, according to Neil Strauss in the book The Game and other places as well, it's famously widely believed that, hey, look, if you like, let yourself get too emotionally involved with a woman who doesn't really care about you. She may not even know who you are. You're never going to be successful with her. You're never going to get to meet her because you're going to be so balled up in your own emotion, in your own insecurities. And you're going to have all these visions of this woman that, you know, you're never going to be able to really man up and be the kind of man she wants when the chips are down.
0: Right. And the same thing for women. You know, it's interesting because I get these emails from people who feel desperately hurt because someone's dating somebody else but they never ever had a relationship to begin with yeah,
1: because that's right. they
0: were so immersed in their own dreams of this person being their perfect somebody that when it didn't happen they felt as if they'd been cheated on.
1: You know, ironically enough, on the online dating domination program, I call this phenomenon the dreamscape effect. And that was given birth to by online dating. You know, a guy will see a profile of a woman and he sees the pictures. He sees the profile. He may even talk to her on the phone. But by the time he meets her, he's got this mental image trumped up in his mind of what this woman has got to be like. And he meets her and she doesn't even exist. It's a completely different human being than whom he had envisioned in his mind. And it's sort of like a grieving process that goes on. The woman he wanted to meet doesn't even exist. Where is this woman? Who stole her? Where did she go? It's like she's died. And, you know, I haven't really given much thought to that happening in the real world. But if you're fantasizing about someone and letting yourself get so emotionally involved in a person who you don't even have the guts to go meet. I mean, you're admiring them from, a, from afar. Right. You meet this person and you very well could be completely disappointed. That's right. Yeah.
0: And can you imagine if you're the person on the other end, you're meeting the person for the first time, and you can't meet those expectations?
1: Or you're wondering, why in the world is this person so wadded up? Right. Just talk to me. I'm a human being. I put my pants on one egg at a time.
0: I would truly call that being set up for failure.
1: Oh, yeah. You're setting yourself up for failure. You have nobody to blame but yourself. But, you know, it's funny because people think they're in love And really what they are is they're just infatuated. Yeah. They're completely fascinated with.
0: That reminds me back in high school or junior high when we used to have what they call puppy love.
1: Oh, yeah. Right. A crush. I don't think you ever outgrow that.
0: No, I guess not.
1: I think that's a a complete fallacy that people outgrow this puppy love stage.
0: Well, I think you need that to help develop or start a relationship. What we're talking about is when you get stuck in that where you Mm -hmm. never really met the person.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is infatuation. Like you said, it's all in your mind. It's something imagined by you because you're letting yourself literally get obsessed with the thought of meeting someone else. And the longer you let it go,
0: the worse it gets,
1: the worse it gets. I mean, you know, famously, these poor kids in junior high and high school haven't figured out how to get over approach anxiety yet. And some 35 year old kids haven't either. But I digress. But, you know, it's like the three second rule. You know, if you see someone you're attracted to and you don't get to know them immediately, right. you're just about to coast downhill from there. Right. The visualizations are going to go south.
0: You've got to meet the person as quickly as possible before you start forming a fantasy about them.
1: But I still maintain, getting back to the point here, which right. someone's got to do around here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> got to take the lead.
1: <laughs> That's right. That um, basically, look, you're not in love. You've got an imagined level of lust going on in your brain i mean i don't think the i don't think the lust is imagined but i think saying that it's love that it has some root deep in your heart that you have some unconditional positive concern for this person you know the greek word agape right it's not there it's all straight eros which is the greek word for you know just sexual passion
0: right well for women and i guess it probably holds true for men is that you get love and lust confused Women tend to attach themselves sexually as being part of an emotional journey.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: But it's hard for us to detach both of those emotions.
1: Well, you know what? In a way, I'm kind of sick of hearing that women are the emotional ones and guys are purely in it for the physicality. I think nowadays the light's shining on that more than it ever has. I think there's as many women as men out there who are just looking for a physical fling. Especially, you know, if they're a little older and they've kind of been married and they've kind of already lost their virginity and, you know, they're past this whole Madonna whore complex thing in their own mind. Right. I think women are, if they're being sexually free and they just want to have some sex, they can do that. And then I know lots of guys who have let themselves get all wrapped around some woman's finger. And, you know, she says, well, you know, I think maybe you and I should just be friends. And the guy is just devastated, like a wrecking ball just came through his life.
0: The same as it would for a woman.
1: Exactly the same as it would be for a woman. I think it's a myth that men and women, in many ways, okay, now there may be tendencies, okay, one way or the other.
0: More so than not.
1: But I think there's more often than not, like you're saying, men and women are more similar than different when it comes to this stuff. Right. So, guys and gals, look, if you are finding yourself attracted to someone, go meet this person. Otherwise, you're just rejecting yourself like we've talked about before.
0: Absolutely. And how sad that would be. Go out and have fun. Meet this person. That's a lot more fun than being at home daydreaming.
1: That's right. And if you're finding yourself in a situation where you have let yourself get emotionally attached really to a fantasy, you have got to, first of all, practically speaking, identify that for what it is. Then you've got to say to yourself, look, the person I'm fantasizing about is the product of my imagination. This person is going to have their own frailties. They're going to be a real human being if I ever met them.
0: With real imperfections.
1: That's right. You know, I can give you an example. Me? No.
0: <laughs> no I still have my imperfections.
1: Yeah, but I am not. I don't exactly need to fall out of love with you. Right. You're kind of the exception to this rule, right? Anyway, by way of example, and I'm definitely going to incriminate myself here. There's going to be a little dirt on me here, so uh, perk your ears up out there. Anyway, uh, my wife made friends with a woman who was like 19, 20 years old and completely hot back when we were married. And she was like uh, this girl who ran marathons and she was next cheerleader. And my wife at the time tended to be a very jealous woman and she would try to entrap me. So she had this little chick come over the house and man, you know, she was just my type. She was really hot, just a beautiful, sexy, incredibly hot girl. And she was married at a very young age. And yet she would do this uncomfortable thing when, when my ex-wife wasn't around, where she would sort of kind of give me indicators of interest. And it was just the kind of thing where I had to run away and not talk to her, but she would still like half flirt with me. Well, after the divorce happened, about two years later, I got a call and it was this girl. And she wanted to reconnect with my ex-wife. And I had to say, well, you know, I'm sorry to tell you, but uh, we're sort of divorced. And she said, really? So am I. Well, Long story short, we ended up going on a few dates together, right? Right. And I don't think my ex-wife knows this to this day, or should she probably. But it was amazing. I was so hot for this woman when there was no way I could have her, when she was absolutely out of reach. And, you know, I was sort of kind of, I mean, you know, I, I handled it pretty well from like the whole David D'Angelo perspective of not showing that I was really eager and not being needy and not being overexcited. And I kind of teased her a little bit and treated her like my bratty little sister which she was young enough to be, actually. But we went out on that first date, and we had a good time. But now that she was actually someone who was in the realm of me being able to date, there was kind of that whole getting kills wanting thing going. Right. Yeah.
0: didn't have an interest in her. Right.
1: By the third date, I was completely disinterested. And the moral of this story from the perspective of what we're talking about is the reality of what you're fantasizing about probably won't be what you're trumping it up to be.
0: Right
1: now you can go meet all these women and you can make a rational, logical decision over, hey, you know what? This woman, once I got to see what's under the hood, she's just as cool as she looked in some way. She's kind of um, fitting what I thought she would be after I met her. But you can only know that after you've met someone. And you can only take care of this issue in your life by actually going and meeting these people as you see them. Otherwise, literally, if you sit there fantasizing over someone and falling in quote-unquote love with someone you don't even know yet, you're literally wasting time.
0: And the best thing to do is just approach it from a very open-minded standpoint. That's right. Meet somebody with the, the mindset of having no opinion.
1: That's right. Your whole online dating strategy was built on this
0: absolutely I wanted to know the person for who they were right not who I wanted them to be not who I hoped for them to be but right. who they truly were because you know when that time comes when I want a true relationship and eventually get married right I didn't want to have to start all over by reinventing somebody
1: yeah that's right so your 30 day plan which you talk about in your <clears throat> soon to be released online dating program for women right. Was that you were not going to have any preconceived notions about anybody? You would just show up, see how this first meeting would go, which was brief by design.
0: Exactly, because it's a short period of time. Yeah, and
1: that way you could be more objective about this whole thing instead of giving yourself even the opening to be wadded up with all these emotions. Right. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, I had some people tell me, "Well, it's going to take eight, six years before you find your special someone." I'm oh, like, "You've got to be kidding!" No, I've been told that lots of times.
1: Yeah, maybe if you date once a year.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know <laughs> where they were talk. coming from, but. It really, I set a plan in place and tackled it, and I wasn't going to be wasting my time. Right. And that's one of those time wasters is dreaming up these people and spending so much time in this fantasy world.
1: Right. Just like I talked about, the dreamscape effect. Right. You invent this person who doesn't even really exist, and you're always going to be disappointed.
0: So the great thing is meeting as many people as you can, being very open-minded, and accepting them for who they are.
1: That's right. Now, you know... We've spent a lot of time talking about falling out of quote-unquote love with people we don't even know yet.
0: Right. Or blessed or crushed. That's
1: right. But you know what? It is such a huge piece of this puzzle and nobody even ever talks about it. And really, honestly, having those strong feelings and having to get over them is very real.
0: As you said before, it's just like grieving.
1: Yeah, that's right. It's like this person has died even though they never really existed. Right. It's crazy. You know, I think now would be a good time to introduce our guest before we get into how to fall out of love with someone you've actually known for a while.
0: Yes, when you've actually dated them for a few years or a few months, when you've developed a, a few relationships.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a middle when ground you here. You
0: really have had that deep-seated love for right. somebody, and now that's come to an end.
1: Yeah. But first, we're going to introduce to you our guest. It's been a few shows since we had a guest.
0: Yes, and we have a great guest
1: today. Yeah, you know, around here, we really like these women who are very much all about having men and women both succeed in the dating process. You know, there's a lot of women out there who are men bashers, and there's a lot of guys out there who are kind of misogynist in terms of the kind of uh, advice they give guys. So when we find people who are really well-balanced, we make friends with them almost immediately. And Renee Piani is a dating coach... ...out of Southern California. She's been on TV. I saw this clip of her on YouTube with Dick Clark. Oh, cool. And she has been at this dating coaching game for a long time. She's actually one of the pioneers of the uh, whole speed dating thing.
0: Awesome. She's
1: the founder of Rapid Dating, and um, that's something that's pretty cool about her. But you know what? We had her on today specifically to talk about breakups and getting over someone who's been in your life. Because Renee is just the queen of this stuff. And, you know, we did a show several shows ago, Emily, about how breaking up is hard to do. But I didn't want to leave that on the table with Renee because she's so good about that. So listen in now as we talk to Renee about not just getting over someone, but also the whole concept of breaking up, when to do it, why to do it. And I think it's really a worthwhile listen. Let's go for it. Here we go. Here she is, Renee Piani. <laughs> Scott, and with me today is probably one of the biggest names when it comes to the lady dating gurus out there. With me all the way from sunny Los Angeles, California, is Renee Piani. Renee, how's it going?
2: I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here.
1: Yes. Well, we appreciate you joining us, absolutely. And the topic du jour, for those of you in France, we know we have some French listeners, is going to be how to survive the breakup... And especially, you know, if you really had some strong feelings for people, Renee, breakups are bound to happen, aren't they? I mean, you're only going to ever not break up, hopefully with one person in your entire life.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting because I get thousands of letters from my radio show online and from men and women all over the world. Because breaking up is is really hard to do, but I always say that if there is something that just isn't flowing in a relationship, you don't want to stay in a dead-end relationship. So whether you're the person breaking up or you're the person that has been broken up with, in the long run, as you look back from the future, you'll be able to see that there was a reason for it, especially if it's not flowing. Now, it's interesting because there's different times of the year that I find breakups happen. One is, of course, holiday time. Anywhere between (laughs) Thanksgiving and Valentine's Day seems to be the most or the busiest time for people to break up. And when people start realizing that, you know, oh, my God, this person isn't the right person for me. Or, oh, holy hell, I got to go through the whole holiday with this person. What am I going to do? So it's very
1: because I'm laughing because it sounds expensive.
2: <laughs> well, that's it's, why it's, people more, break it's, up
1: more, it's cheaper people. to break up with people than to buy them a bunch of presents, especially you know if they are pretty high maintenance in that regard. That's the first thing that came to my mind, which is why I was laughing.
2: Well, a lot of people wrote to me, you know, when when the holidays show up, it usually starts around the end of September. Thanksgiving's coming, where you're dating somebody for a few months, and then the holiday questions start, whether it's a Male or female, like, what are you doing for the holidays? And you're thinking, I'm not taking this guy home with me, or this girl is not the right girl for me. I can't take her back to meet my family and my friends, or if you live in an area or whatever. So that's sort of where the pedal hits the metal, and then stuff comes up about, like, well, where's this going? And I got an email recently, you know, that it seems like the new year makes people break up, you know, because a lot of people have that where is this relationship going conversation, Mm. you know, and they don't just let it, flow because of the stress of the commercials and the marketing on TV. If you see all these couples holding hand to the the trees or whatever, or Valentine's Day comes up, and that's when a lot of people end up breaking up, especially if you get romantically involved too quick with somebody, Mm -hmm. and then you're in, you know, sort of locked into this sort of dating situation without any conversation, and then all of a sudden one or the other sex has expectations of the other person, and then the person will start pressuring you like where is this going? So that'll either lead to the relationship going, hey, we're just casual, or you know what? I don't think this is going anywhere, and I think we got to stop seeing each other. So there's different kinds of breakups. There's the ones where you know you've been seeing a guy or a girl for a long time, and you know, or you, because you are sort of in a casual dating phase, you know, you're not ready to get married. And then all of a sudden the other person in the relationship wants to get married, that causes heartache because you've been together for two or three years. And I hear this a lot from guys that call me. They're like, you know, I've been dating this girl. And I'm like, how long have you been dating? Well, it's been two and a half years. I said, well, what the hell's going on? Are you going to commit? Well, you know what? I'm not really ready. I'm not ready to have kids. I don't have enough money, blah, blah, blah. And the woman thought that that guy had intentions because they were having fun, they were having sex. And then suddenly she wants to get married, and boom, there's the pain. Even if they didn't want to get married to each other, they were connected sexually, spiritually. You know, they bonded with the friends. It's almost like a mini marriage, even though they weren't intending on getting married. So that is where the pain comes from. These short lived, quick breakup things. I tell people, just get over it. You only dated somebody for a month or two months or three months. And this is the the difference. So there's different levels of pain and breakup.
1: Yeah, and the more options you have going on in your life, if you're dating more than one person and you're treating these things as potentially leading to something later, but you keep your options open while that's going on, you're you're less likely to get all wrapped up in one person too quickly and have to go from painful situation to painful situation.
2: Well, it happens. I think women bond a little quicker than a lot of guys do. I mean, it happens both ways. But I think the sex is what throws the wrench in for most women that are looking for commitment. And then they expect something from a man if they have sex with him without talking about it. And then when the guy pulls back or the girl pulls away, maybe the sex wasn't good. Maybe they just didn't—they weren't compatible, not only physically, but just you know they got involved kinda of quick and then all of a sudden it just didn't feel right and they were multiple dating They had a couple glasses of wine on their third or fourth date they jump in beds one or the other one starts to get more bonded but you're still dating a lot of different people and what i tell people is you need to be honest about where you're where you're at in your dating and i know a lot of these teachers that are out there teaching guys you know to score with women and you know get more booty than you've ever gotten before you know what? It's a pain, painful for some of these guys that end up bonding to a woman who walks away from them. So it goes both ways and you have to, have to know what you're looking for and if you are a player and running around and all that, that's great. Just be honest with people because there's a lot of women out there playing men just like the men are playing women but when you really bond with somebody and you like somebody that has told you that they're interested in the same things you want, you put yourself in the future picture. This is what guys do. you know, Women do it too. You use NLP techniques to make a person feel connected to you, feel bonded in some way, use all the words you know you repeat back the words you you make them feel really connected to you then suddenly you pull out that's where it hurts because you feel manipulated you feel pissed you feel used and often the thing that makes people most upset is that they don't know what happened it's just sort of like a casual well you know what i don't think this is working out i wish you the best of luck goodbye And that's why what you said before I started talking was, if you're dating a couple people, you won't feel so bad. But if you get sexually involved and emotionally involved with somebody quickly, you don't really know them that well. And then one of them, you know, they blow you off. It hurts. It hurts your ego. It makes you feel like uh, you've done something wrong when, when really you've pretty much done everything right. And I always say, hey, when somebody rejects you or walks away, usually in the long run, it's for your protection Rejection is God's protection. There's always a reason for it. And if somebody walks away from you, if you have self-esteem and you're feeling pretty good about yourself, you should just be thankful because there's a reason for it.
1: Yeah, I've heard that uh, women tend to fall faster, but men tend to fall harder.
2: That's true. A lot of times, you know, it's interesting because I just got a call from a client who came to my seminars he met he met so many women at my rapid dating events Um and he's a nice looking guy but he ended up meeting this vixen you know this really sexy mm-hmm. girl who said you know that she was breaking up with somebody okay and you know she was really just wanting to date and he you know was so sexually attracted to her and he he doesn't have a lack of women but he got involved with this girl he's kind of a rescue guy He went in to rescue somebody that was going through this breakup thing and ended up getting all wrapped up to this girl. And suddenly he became obsessed. I have never heard such a successful, handsome, attractive, player-type guy turn into mush as he did with this woman. So it goes both ways. The women normally get more attached, and that's because they jump into bed too soon without knowing what the guys like and it's not like you can't be sensuous ladies out there you can keep a guy interested in, but as soon as you have intercourse with them it it changes the dynamic for you mostly men unless they're emotionally involved with you or they really care about you or have grown to really respect you and a lot of guys will disagree oh i you know screwed my wife on the first date well good for you you know but most guys that i've interviewed and there's been hundreds and thousands of them with my men across america and all the seminars when you take a poll most guys that are looking for a wife still have the old the double standard hanging on there's a lot of them that still have that good girl bad girl thing whether they want to admit it or not
1: yeah the old madonna whore complex
2: oh yeah and as soon as it a def- woman
1: kind of fails in that area it can be yep. at the end of the relationship at least symbolically i mean it can well, drag on the guy can still kind of have this strange resentment that the woman doesn't understand but it's the beginning of the end sometimes and like you're saying renee the relationship kind of drags on when it should have ended and i think you know the punctuation mark here is look if it's time to end a relationship you gotta end it and go ahead and be brave enough to start over because it doesn't have to be as bad as you think it's going to be
2: well for guys out there you know a lot of them will stay with somebody um the man that i'm currently married was married to a woman that he knew that he had to break it off with for a long time. It was an interesting dynamic that they had because the physical part was there, but the emotional beating up of the way she beat him up and everything, he knew that it wasn't healthy. He felt it in his gut, but he didn't want to be a, quote, failure. So she used that because she knew that that was one of his buttons, his soft spots, like, oh, you're, you're a quitter. So he stayed in this bad relationship for a long time because he didn't want to quit, which I commended him on. But there is a time when you know that something isn't working for you that you just have to make a decision and move on. And it was painful even when relationships aren't good for you. It is still painful when you detach yourself from even an unhealthy relationship, because many people are codependent or they're sex addicts or they stay involved with somebody that they shouldn't because they don't want to be alone. They're afraid.
1: They're afraid to be alone. So, how does somebody move on?
2: Well, like for example, I have a woman client um, who I've and friend, and I become, I don't know about you, Scott, but I know a lot of your friends, you're on the phone all day, even with your friends. What do I do about this? What do I do about that? I had a friend of mine who, um, she was dating a man and lived with him on and off for six years. They were not compatible. They had sexual compatibility, but she did not want to take the risk to break up because she was scared to be alone. And she would, she would be one of those women that if you guys are out on the internet and you see, you know, on match or any of this, you know, she'd be on match. Uh, she'd tease the heck out of you. Um, but she, was not intending on dating but she kept her toe in the water to looking for another guy and then she would go out with a couple guys and meet them and get them all interested so she would get that fix Mm -hmm. but she never was really available and it was driving me crazy so I told her and I'll tell all of you out there if you are not happy in a relationship you have to let go and go into the trust that you deserve something better than what you have right now. I mean, I have women that are dating married men that call me. I have people that have dead-end relationship with a rich guy who's so boring. I have women that are afraid to be alone because the guy pays their bills. Mm. I mean, the men out there need to be aware. You can feel it in the vibes. If it's not feeling like a flow, an ebb and flow in the relationship, it's time to let go. How to do that? I suggest that people, first of all, you have to, it's almost like building up to letting go. You have to create a support system. Guys tend to hibernate, they don't want anybody to know that they're feeling the way that they feel. You need to hire a coach like Scott or me or somebody to support you through your next step. Get yourself really mentally prepared for it and build yourself a support system. Number one, male or female. Two, if you're not happy and you stick it out, you're just going to keep <laughs> it's going to be like the same story different year I mean this girl that I'm talking about in the past every year the holidays would come up and she'd whine and complain your friends are sick of hearing you whine know that once you take a stand and say you know what I'm getting rid of Barbara or it's time to break up with Bob or whatever whoever it is and you let people know that you're doing it you can actually have people on your team to support you through it because that's the biggest fear of most people is, oh my God, I've been with somebody for two years and I'm out of the dating pool. How am I going to get back in, whether you're going through a divorce or a separation? And the way is to create your support team before you do it so that you have a net to hold you because when you first break up, you're in pain. (laughs) It hurts because whether that person is good for you or not, you still energetically are ripping yourself apart from somebody. You're not getting any sex for a while and you're feeling sad about yourself and then self-doubt comes in and and you start beating yourself up, you have to take control of that unconscious mind because your soul, the deeper part of you knows it wasn't right. So it's time just to let go.
1: Well, there you go. Renee Piani is the queen of love mechanics. And you can find out more about her by checking out a special URL that I've set up. And that's at www.deservewhatyouwant.com front slash Renee, R-E-N-E-E. Renee, what a pleasure. You know your stuff. You really uh, have helped thousands of people having been at this for uh, 15 years, which is much longer than most guys dating gurus out there have been involved with anything like the seduction community or the like. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here. And uh, thanks again for joining us.
2: Thank you. I have so much more to say, but you can check it out on the website. Now, I mean, these issues are all they come from the heart. You know, so I'm creating a whole little tape on it. Break up to wake up. You got to wake up because if you're wasting your energy on somebody that isn't good for you, you got to wake up and smell the coffee and move on.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you're also uh, heavily into the speed dating and online dating thing. And we've had you on the virtuosity program and Emily has had you on her brand new online dating program also. So uh, we're excited about all of that.
2: I'm just here to help. I've tuned up a lot of people's love lives, and, you know, my goal is just to keep expanding on all the various topics that people need, and I think what you're doing is awesome, too. So I really appreciate the opportunity to just keep spreading the message. There's a lot of great teachers out there, and I consider myself to be one of them, and I'm, I'm honored to be here.
1: Well, there you go. What more can be said on that subject? So once again, thanks for joining us, Renee, and uh, back to the program. You know, Emily, like I said, Renee is really, really a woman who just tells it like it is.
0: Oh, she does. Very straightforward.
1: You know, I get this feeling she must have had an older brother growing up.
0: It sounds that way. It sounds like he's always watching over her and telling her how things go.
1: Yeah, it just also, she's feminine, but she has this kind of flourish about her where she kind of knows how to hang. Yes. She's got stuff figured out. She's kind of a little street smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know this for sure about Renee, but I would bet like a thousand bucks she has an older brother.
0: It does. She sounds very knowledgeable (laughs) about men.
1: And, you know, just the uh, candor with which she'll talk about, very practical stuff. I mean, the whole concept of people breaking up right around the holidays.
0: It's very common. Yeah,
1: We just went through Christmas and we got the emails. Oh my gosh, my boyfriend just left me, whatever.
0: And Valentine's is coming up.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's a favorite time to break up. I mean, Valentine's. I mean, can we talk here, as Joan Rivers would say? I mean, <laughs> that's my Joan Rivers reference. Yeah. Can we talk here? Um, (laughs) where did that come from? Anyway, people, I mean, who invented Valentine's Day? Valentine's Day has got to be the most lonely experience for 90% of the people in the world.
0: Probably. I
1: mean, I'm gripping about it and you and I are happily married. I mean, you know, basically I'll just whip out cook for your date and we'll do something really cool. No, I whip
0: my $100,000 diamond. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, whip out the diamond commercials. You know, if you don't give your woman a five-carat diamond for Valentine's Day, you You obviously don't don't love love her. her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Reference the Mr. Nice Guy show that we did with uh, Steve the Dean Williams for that. You can find it on iTunes. But, you know, I love what Renee says. She's clearly a woman who knows what she's talking about. She did not hang the shingle from any position of non-experience. So she's talking about... Her own life where her husband had a problem getting out of a bad relationship. And I think it's so funny how she like says, I was so proud of him for sticking around longer than he should have.
0: Oh, yes. I remember her saying that.
1: But, you know, a lot of times this whole concept of not getting out of relationships is a matter of personal pride. But, you know, a lot of times people are just too afraid to move on. It would be too hurtful. I'd be all alone in this big world again.
0: Right. Being by yourself is truly difficult for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, really it is. But uh, before we move on, I want to go ahead and make sure all of you know how to find out more about Renee. We've set up a special URL and that is www.deservewhatyouwant.com front slash Renee, R-E-N-E-E. And Renee is the founder of Rapid Dating, and she runs all kinds of cool social events in the Southern California area. So if you're listening to this podcast and you live in L.A. or even San Diego, Orange County area... Make your way to one of her events and you will not be disappointed. And uh, also her book called Love Mechanics is written specifically for guys. And you know what? It's good stuff. A lot of times hearing the opinion of a woman is just real solid. And we've actually even had Renee come in and do a virtuosity segment for the guys as one of our expert co-instructors on the concept of style, panache, and outfitting your life. And let me tell you, she tore that one up. Good stuff.
0: Oh yeah. If you want to know how a woman thinks, ask a woman.
1: Exactly. And she's also going to be a guest starring on your online dating program I
0: know. talking I'm about so speed dating. i about
1: that. Well, she's talking about speed dating. It's her thing.
0: That's how I got to the online dating is looking for speed dating.
1: Yeah. Crazy, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's all very much related. That's why we included it in our online dating programs. So, Emily, let's move on. All right. We've got a person now who has actually been in a relationship where there was some real commitment. Right. Okay. We're not going to talk about the two weeks where, you know, all of a sudden your lust was unrequited, you know, and she, he or she jilted you. I mean, that's... Fire
0: with passion. Yeah,
1: that's right. I mean, that's pretty much tantamount to the whole one-itis thing we already talked about. It's only you actually got to meet someone and kind of validate that lust a little bit. Mm -hmm. But still, it's kind of the same process. You just have to sort of, practically speaking, realize you've been there and you've done that. And now... You're just going to have to move on. Don't let your fantasies get the best of you. Realize that you're going to have other opportunities to meet high quality people. It isn't the last person you're ever going to meet. Right. Now, feelings are feelings and you can't change them. But I tell you what, there is no cure for falling out of love, for having puppy love, as you would say, for someone other than meeting someone else who does a darn good job of raising the bar.
0: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) The only way to actually get there is
1: being out there. Now People are going to say, look, that is so simplistic. I mean, I have a guy on my coaching program. Actually, I have several guys on my coaching program who I've known have met women years ago and had a hard time getting over it. And really, in those cases, we've even seen it happen before our very eyes after some coaching or, you know, actually getting down to the matter. That once these guys and these women, too, there's women out there, same story. You know, we have a woman in our program. She's been uh, basically on and off dating the same guy for years. That's right. And she knows that he's not the right guy for her. Right. But it's just a matter of going out and raising the bar. And time and time again, when people get the confidence to go and see that they can do this, they start succeeding at it. They go, you know, who? Who was that person that was occupying my thoughts and my emotions for so many years? It really is the best cure.
0: And it makes you wonder why you waited so long.
1: Now, I'm not going to go off the deep end like the pickup community would say and uh, say the best way to cure one-itis is to go have sex with 12 other women immediately. I'm not going to be that cold. But you definitely need to go out if you're in a situation where you need to get over someone and start meeting other people. Make sure they're higher quality people than the one. You left, or at least in the same realm. I mean, just randomly having sex with people is not going to help you get over someone you really had feelings for.
0: I would go a little further than that and just say keep yourself busy. In the sense that you keep yourself busy with meeting people, men or women, depending on, on what you are. And also keep yourself busy in recreation, Things that you love to do. That way it makes you a better, happier, fuller, completer person.
1: Well, it gets your mind off it too. So you don't sit there and stew in your own juice all day thinking about what could have been and the ifs and the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Right. I think it's easy to camouflage real feelings and real emotional needs in your life by filling your life up with stuff. I mean, you see a lot of people. It makes
0: you more attractive.
1: Well, yeah, it does that too. I mean, to be completely honest, yes. If you're going to go out and you're going to meet other people. You want to have as full and exciting a life as possible. That makes you more attractive. So, yeah, I mean making yourself more attractive after you break up with someone is a great strategy.
0: So you're accomplishing both things. You're keeping your mind busy and that way you're not totally submerged in this grieving, sad, I'm pitying myself
1: mode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You do get out of your own head, right? The one thing I would caution against is you see people who either immerse themselves in their hobbies or, you know, their careers, Yes. Because they're phobic when it comes to relationships and having their heart broken. I don't know how many people in the business world I've ever met who were wildly successful. I would dare say especially women. Really successful salespeople, VPs back at Lucent, and they have no guy in their life. And the Band-Aid that's covering up that loneliness is their job. And it's because their heart's been broken or something like that in the past. And they just don't want to risk. It's kind of the opposite of the it's better to have loved and lost than never to have loved at all mentality. Right. And, you know, you've got to move on. You can't take a situation where your heart was broken or, God forbid, that you were just not confident enough to have loved at all and say, well, you know, I'm just going to bury it. I'm going to hide it under a rock and pretend it doesn't exist.
0: Yeah, because then you'll find yourself 60 years old and... Alone. Alone.
1: You know, you have women who get divorced... And they have a couple of kids, and they go, well, you know what? I'm not even going to go date again. I'm just going to wait till the kids are grown up. And you keep putting off your life, and you keep postponing things. And all it does is make the heartbreak worse worse over time. And you know what happens, Emily? I think there's this dynamic at play where if you break up with someone, there was usually something bad that was going on that contributed to the breakup. Right. Either there was a breach of trust or there was just an irreconcilable difference where you just weren't getting along. There was a reason to break up.
0: Right. And the part where there's a true heartbreak where someone actually did you wrong. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of women choose never to fall in love again for fear that it's going to happen again. They actually sincerely believe that this happens to all women. That's right. And that if they do it again, they're going to find themselves back in square one. Yes five years, 10 years, 20 years from now with disappointment. Projecting
1: a situation on all future relationships as if it's going to happen.
0: Right. Or for that matter, projecting that type of man they were with to all men.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? The opposite can happen. Over time, if you let yourself be so hurt by the breakup, I mean, what we're talking about here is falling out of love. So, yeah, I mean, if someone's done you wrong, there may be a sort of resentment. Or a kind of almost a hate there. Strong emotion can be flipped over on its ear. I mean, the strength of emotion is pretty much what endures rather than the nature of the emotion itself. In other words, if you love someone a whole lot and they really just screw you, right. you can hate them just as much the next day. It can flip right over to hate. Whereas if you sort of dislike someone and they irritate you, you can kind of just say, well, I kind of don't like them. Mm-hmm. But this intense emotion can flip over. But yeah, if someone has done you wrong and you really love them and you saw a future with them then you can idolize that situation maybe you don't have ill feelings for this person maybe the person said you know what i'm just no longer attracted to you and you go no no you've got to be attracted to me i love you right and you feel genuinely hurt by it what happens is the longer that you let yourself sit in that situation you will start fantasizing about that situation and you will only take all the things that you thought were good about it and you will start to idealize that relationship to a point where it was better than it really was. Right. And what you need to do is you need to go out and find someone who is going to give you the kind of attention, the kind of appreciation you deserve because you really don't know what you're missing while erstwhile you're sitting in the past fantasizing about a relationship that's not coming back to you.
0: Right, and wishing and hoping it will, whenever it's not.
1: I think that is a huge piece of this whole puzzle of falling out of love with someone. You've got to accept the finality of it.
0: Well, at some point in your life, you have to make the decision to try to fall out of love.
1: That's right. You know, we talked about the grieving process earlier. Right. It is a real grieving process. What are the steps to grieving, right, when you lose someone? I mean, if you break up with someone, they said, I'm never going to see you again. It is really a lot like they died.
0: Right. At one point, you just simply have to accept that this relationship has died. That's
1: the final step is is ultimate acceptance. And
0: learning to let it go and appreciating what you've had.
1: Right. Well, I mean, what's the first step? The first step is denial. Right. This can't possibly be happening to me. This person will call me up and they'll come to their senses. Right. Okay. And then, so if the person is in this denial then there's no way they can be in a position to move on. And I've seen people stay in denial for ages.
0: Right. There's nothing wrong with grieving, going through the whole process of it, But it's when you get stuck and stay there, there's a problem. Yeah, and it
1: can happen at any stage. The second is anger. Huh. Right. How many people stay there forever?
0: Lots of people.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're talking about projecting all your hate on everyone else.
0: Or on the opposite sex.
1: And it will consume you. It will eat you from the inside. And what's happening here is when you've gotten jilted by a lover and you allow yourself to get so angry about it, you're losing your attractiveness to people in the future.
0: And the only person you hurt is just yourself.
1: And the third step, of course, in a grief process is bargaining, right? Right. If this person comes back to me, I promise I'll change. How many times have we seen that before?
0: Oh, yeah, especially.
1: And, of course, if a guy says that to a woman, he's just given all of his power away and she's just going to respect him even less.
0: Well, abusers tend to be real big on that one.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's almost like the abuser will come back and say, if you were a good person, you wouldn't have left me to begin with. It's almost like flipping the tables. Mm -hmm. You just can't be weak enough to fall for that. Right. And then the next thing is depression. And here, you know, how many people get stuck here for years and years and years?
0: The the sadness and the That's
1: right. I've lost, so I'm not even going to risk trying again.
0: Right. The pain is just too great...
1: It's really part of the grieving process. It is absolutely, totally grief when you've broken up with someone you were in love with.
0: Right. But the most important part is getting to the last step, which is accepting what's going on.
1: Yeah. I mean, when people are terminally ill, you hear these breathtaking stories where they know where their plot of land is where they're going to be buried. Right. And they ask to go to the cemetery and visit. Mm-hmm. And they'll literally stand on their plot of land and look around and get in the car and go, Okay. Wow, We can go home now, you know, and it's usually right before they pass on. It's an amazing, amazing, wild concept.
0: Coming to peace with it.
1: That's right. And when you're in a situation, especially one that's out of your control, I mean, consider when a divorce happens because one spouse has met someone else and they get remarried almost immediately to that other person. You've almost got to get yourself kicked into gear and get through this grieving process. Now, you don't have to get over it. There was something funny in the onion, I found, that was this upstart entrepreneur eliminates two steps from the grieving process. It's pretty funny. Go look it up. But that's the onion for you. Mm -hmm. But you've got to go through this process. You've got to treat it seriously. But you know, Emily, a big part of this is recognizing what's going on inside your head because it'll psychologically play tricks on you literally for decades if you let it.
0: That's right. You'll even make yourself depressed. You'll make yourself feel as if you've done something wrong and that you're broken somehow and that you're defective and that you're not capable of having A healthy, happy relationship.
1: And it's never going to be on the level. You know what I mean? It's like what we talked about. It's either going to be, you're going to start piling on hate. You're going to start piling on memories as time goes on of things being even worse than they were. And having a relationship with a member of the opposite sex just being a terrible thing. And projecting all this bad stuff on all the motos out there, motos being members of the opposite sex, of course. Or the
0: opposite extreme. No one can live up to that perfect wonderful fantasy life that you once had.
1: Right. You know, I don't think there's any easy answers for this topic today.
0: No, it's just to learn the grieving process, accept that you're going through that, and don't let yourself be stuck. That's a decision you have to make.
1: I agree. I agree. I mean, if anybody's hoping for a quick fix from this podcast, it isn't there. I think the holy grail of this whole conversation, and a fitting way to tie it all up, is you've got to be in touch with exactly what's normal, human emotional behavior here but don't let yourself get hamstrung by it move through it effectively and you know your advice on me about getting out there and being social is huge just don't let it be a band-aid go through the process but let it aid you through the process
0: yeah that's where being busy is so important
1: and you know if anybody out there listening to this podcast if you're going through a breakup right now And you don't want to spend the next year, two years, five years, 30 years in this process. And you feel like you'd like to have some coaching to help you get through it. You know, Emily and I both have gone through very difficult breakups. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten over it. And, you know, five years ago, both of us would probably have never, you know, well, I guess we may have. We had some confidence. But I think we would have been very pleased to look five years in the future and see where we were. Right. That's right. And... A lot of that is based on sound decision-making and the ability to get in touch with this grieving process, get through it, get over it, and believe in ourselves and have the confidence to move on. And if you're out there and you would like some assistance with doing that, we have a coaching program. You can find it at www.dating-coaches.com, and we can custom tailor it to exactly what your needs are. So call us or email us, and we'd be happy to help you. Yes. Also, get online. Oh yeah. Especially if you're a woman.
0: Start chatting, start oh, talking now. to people.
1: There's no way to get over this whole concept of am I good enough, am I smart enough, and doggone it to do people like me than to be a woman and go online.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah that's just something beyond words. Yes, exactly.
1: So um, there you have it. This has been a good topic. I think it's one that's not talked about enough. Right. Now we want you to go ahead and start sending us some voicemails. To do that, you can call twenty-four hours, seven days a week, to area code two one zero three six two forty four hundred once again that's two one zero three six two forty four hundred it is all voicemail all the time no one's actually going to answer it but we do listen to every single voicemail we confirmed mp3s and we play them and if your voicemail is played on the air and we address your question we will send you a nice sweet minty fresh copy of deserve what you want that's right there you go. Um also like to send a shout-out to a very cool website that I've just met the webmaster of, and that is www.puaconnect.com. What this is, Emily, is it's like MySpace for guys who want to get better with women.
0: How interesting.
1: Oh, it's really cool. There's even some women who want to get better with men who are up there. But mostly this is designed for guys who want to improve their skills and I really, really have enjoyed being a part of that website. I'm part of the community. And uh, if you want to check that out, guys, please go ahead and sign up. It's just like signing up for Facebook or MySpace. And that's www.puaconnect.com. And, hey, make friends with me while you're up there. Sounds good. And uh, you can visit us on MySpace, too. We haven't talked about that in a while. That's www.myspace.com front X. Underscore and underscore Y.
0: How simple is that?
1: Pretty darn simple. And finally, remember, we still have that bonus episode that talks all about the birth of our son and all the wild things that happened that day.
0: Oh, how exciting. I love that episode.
1: (laughs) That was a lot of fun. It was like we were sitting there recounting our story together. To get your hands on that, you go to our main core website at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. And what you want to do is you want to sign up for our newsletter. That newsletter will come at you every week and always has some real content tied to it. And, um, you know, also we have a blog at www.edumcation.com. How's that for a name? Mm -hmm. E-D-U-M-C-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N. And uh, you'll get lots of free content there and uh, lots of blog posts and even videos. All F-R-E-E free. So lots of things going on. And we thank you once again for listening. Write us some reviews on iTunes and uh, help us get back on the front page on self-help. I noticed we're in 16th place worldwide. Go ahead and uh, write us some reviews, subscribe to this podcast, tell all your friends about it, and we will keep on keeping on. My name is Scott McKay.
0: And I'm Emily McKay. Until
1: episode number 36, be good. And have fun. Copyright 2008, X and Y Communications, Worldwide Media Casting Network. Visit Scott and Emily on the web and get the X and Y Communications Newsletter. At www.deservewhatyouwant.com You You can also join Emily's newsletter just for the ladies at www.keysdebliss.com Also be sure to check out the brand new Dating Cast on iTunes or at www.x-net-media.com This is Ed Roy Odom and you've been listening to the X&Y on the Fly Dating Podcast.